The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. And you are listening to Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Joining a friend of Medjugorje in the Radio Wave studio today are two very close friends of his. And you, some of you may remember them from the book They Fired the First Shot and also from the New Communities Conventions, which were held here at Caritas for the subsequent years from there. But uh, they have been very close friends to him for over a decade, and that is Chris Ann Hall and her husband, J.C., and some of you probably also maybe listen to her daily podcast, The Chris Ann Hall Show. So we'd like to welcome to the studio today with a friend of Medjugorje. Well, thank you very much. We're really excited to be here. It's like being back home again. Amen. It's a pleasure. They have taken on a lot of different things, just like us at Caritas in the community. They speak and say what the truth is. No backing down. A lot of things that we talked about is really the power of the sheriff. Chris was just talking before this broadcast about her church and about the sheriffs. We have to learn to stand up. We got the power through the sheriffs, but we don't always have the sheriffs do that. When I say we got the power, it's because we have been enlightened by the woman of Revelation. She's telling us to show us who is the anointed people. Our authority comes from God, and we are protected by righteousness of the position who has the power to defend us. So I'm going to let Chris talk about what has happened down in Florida and different places. Well, we have been traveling and teaching across America to our sheriffs. I've taught representatives of sheriff's offices from all 50 states on the power of the sheriff, the duty of the sheriff to be a defender of the rights of the people. The sheriffs are not hirelings of the state. They don't work for the county. They're actually constitutional representatives of the people. And they take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of their state. And I have a three-hour course that I've been teaching for the last decade to sheriffs, deputies, even police officers from all over the country. 
And we have a new documentary that is coming out in October. It's a sequel to our first documentary, which is called Noncompliant. And Noncompliant 2 is all about the sheriff. Not just simply the authority of the sheriff, but the duty of the sheriff to be a defender of the people's rights, not a blind enforcer of the law. And so I have two trailers for this documentary. The first one is actually a trailer that involves a church in New Mexico, in Truth or Constance, New Mexico, during the COVID lockdowns and how this church reached out to their sheriff to defend their freedom of religion when the governor was going to lock down the churches. I've got a voicemail on the church phone. The voicemail was from the New Mexico State Police, and the officer said that New Hope Revival Church is non-essential and must shut down. I knew I needed to connect with the sheriff. I knew it was the chief law enforcement of the region. Remembered uh, getting to attend a, a Chris Ann Hall seminar in Albuquerque, and, and she had talked about the, the, the Shire Reeves. And I said, listen, I want to know if you'll stand for God rights. And he looked me right in the eyes and he goes, Pastor, I will defend you even if it means I got to go to jail myself. This is the duty of the sheriff, like I said, to be a defender of the people's rights. Uh, and we had sheriffs who'd been through my training over the last 10 years actually standing up and refusing to lock down not just the churches, but to refusing to lock down their entire counties. Um, there's a sheriff, Mike Harrington in Chavez County, New Mexico, who'd been through my training, sent this amazing letter to the governor of New Mexico and said, it's my job to defend the property rights of the people. It's my job to defend the constitution of the state of New Mexico. And I'm not going to let you, the governor, I'm not going to let the state police, I'm not even going to let the health department come shut my businesses down. You will have to come through me to do that. And so we saw these sheriffs standing up all over the country to defend people. And the sad thing comes is when these sheriffs don't do their job, when they don't do their duty. I mean, they take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of their state, the Constitution of the United States. And then some of them are just blind enforcers of the unlawful commands of government. And that's what happened in Tampa, Florida. In Tampa, Florida, our pastor was arrested by our sheriff. This is your church. Yes. Our pastor was arrested by the sheriff of Hillsborough County, Florida. His name is uh, Chad Cronister for refusing to shut down the church during the COVID scare. And the reality was our pastor said, look, if this is real, then our church needs to be open so people can find healing. So the Bible commands us to lay hands on the sick and to, uh, to heal people, and we're not going to shut down. And so I have another trailer for our Noncompliant 2 movie, The Sheriff, which can be found at noncompliantmovie.com, where our pastor is explaining with great conviction that we will never shut down. So your pastor is talking about what the sheriff did. Mm -hmm. This pastor stood in the pulpit and said, government doesn't own my church, it's under the head of Christ, and government cannot shut down my church. And this sheriff arrested him for it. We're not stopping, we'll never stop, we'll never comply. It'll be a cold day in hell, with the devil singing Frosty the Snowman. We will never bow, and we'll never comply. It's time for you to stand up and say no. So what JC and I did is we, with our filmmaker, we went around the country and collected 
all the testimonies of these sheriffs all over the country who stood up in defense of the people's rights to out-of-control, overreaching government, and we put them all together in a single documentary, again, that we're going to be releasing that in October. The first documentary, as well as these trailers, can be found at noncompliantmovie.com. We didn't visit every sheriff that did that, but no. uh, so many. We, we captured testimonies, uh, you know, and put that together. I, I think of Washington State. Uh, in Washington State, I think there were something like 30, at least 30 sheriffs that stood up against Jay Inslee that wrote a wrote a letter, similar letter to mm-hmm. Mike Harrington in New Mexico, writing a letter to to Jay Inslee saying we're we're not going to we're not going to force these orders to close down our businesses mm-hmm. and that thing. So we, it, it's interesting as chrisanne has been teaching and taught so many sheriffs, and as this uh, understanding has gotten out about their duty you know they raise their hand they swear an oath to support and defend the constitution of the united states and the constitution of their state you know that's your job description that's what you promise to do and so as that understanding has has expanded you know we've seen a lot of these uh, a, a lot of sheriffs standing up but the, but the problem is sheriffs doing that is obviously a threat you know to the tyrannical control and so you don't see these stories in the media they try to keep those stories down or if they come out uh, you know they try to make these sheriffs look like some sort of radical loose cannon you know lawless crazy guy as we say often people try to trot out romans 13 in a nutshell romans 13 teaches don't be lawless so in america when the government is violating the supreme law of the land when you have executives issuing legislation by decree they're the ones breaking the law, not us when we say we're not going to follow. So if Romans 13 says don't be lawless, then I can't follow behind a lawless government. I can't comply with a lawless government or I'm violating Romans 13. So, you know, that's a threat to really the Antichrist system. The spirit of Antichrist is what we're, what we're seeing. I know people use natural terms like socialism and communism, but these are really man-made terms for a biblical reality, and that's the spirit of Antichrist, uh, which is this centralization, this totalitarian control. So basically, these are these are sheriffs standing up for righteousness, and, and it's, a, it, it's very encouraging. So we try to we try to get these stories out to people and let people know uh, there are folks out there that have a duty to stand, their position to stand for you, and many of them are. Now, we need more. That's why we made this documentary, because we, we need that to continue. We need it to grow. We need every sheriff in every county in America to understand this and stand up for their oath. Going back to what was just mentioned about the Antichrist, we have Revelation really points to that there's two periods of the Antichrist. Yes, they say Napoleon was Nero. Those are micros. The Revelation says the serpent is going to be mortally wounded in the head. And that's what I hear is to crush the serpent. And sometime after that, miraculously he comes back to life. Even though he was mortally wounded. This is what JC was talking about. And it's astounding to me that now one bishop out there Put crosshairs on this through their scope. It's shameful. Our lady is here because we are in an antichrist system now. It's blatant, clearly. And our lady even tells us, October 25th, 2021, she's talking about the situation now and what they plan for us. She says, quote, they want to put you in chains and to use you. It's not just in chains. They're going to use you for their purpose. And she continues, it is not from God. What's happening in the system now is not from God. What is anti-God? It is antichrist. I don't know what our bishops are thinking about with something so plain, so clear, that a fifth grader can understand it with just common sense. One could think our bishops are just stupid. No, they're not stupid. They're cowards. They won't go out. They don't want to walk onto the plank because they know that plank is going to be the reason they have to jump into the water. And they ain't going to do that. They're not doing it. And it's disgusting. Nausea. Their positions and the power they have and start talking about the Antichrist and the Antichrist system we're living, they can be waking a lot of people up. 
but they're quiet. I don't know the man, that blank, blank, blank man. You have taken on the spirit of Peter denying the Christ because you won't recognize the Antichrist. So J.C., a Protestant, is dead on. Those sheriffs who are doing what they're doing are what the bishops should be doing. They got the power, and you don't use it, and you're letting the sheep be slaughtered. I wrote the book, They Fired the First Shot, and in that section, it's called The David Answer, and the answer is a sheriff. They got full power to do whatever they need to do, protect the Constitution. I want to ask you, Chris, could the sheriff stop this with the FBI? Are they illegally to be able to do that when the raid traded from Trump's house? Yeah. Well, you know, that sheriff not only could have, but had a duty to stop that raid. One of the testimonies that we have in our documentary is a former sheriff by the name of Brad Rogers, who stopped the USDA and the FDA of issuing unconstitutional warrants on his Amish farmers over raw milk and cheese. And he actually wrote a letter to the USDA and the FDA and told them specifically, uh, your warrants are illegitimate in my county. If you show up to serve one of these warrants on my Amish farmers without coming to my office first and getting my express permission to do so, then I will arrest your agents for trespass on our farmers' lands and you will have to bail your agents out of our jail. And that's really what should have happened in Mar-a-Lago in Florida. The sheriff of Palm Beach County should have told the FBI, your warrant does not comply with the U.S. Constitution in the Fourth Amendment. Your warrant does not comply with the Florida Constitution. Therefore, I will not allow you to facilitate that warrant in my county. And if you attempt to facilitate that warrant in my county, I will arrest you for trespass on the private property of Donald Trump's land. And Somebody might ask, how do you know that the warrant violated the constitutions? It's sealed. Well, I can tell you why I know. Because since the Patriot Act was passed in 2001, federal warrants haven't had to comply with the U.S. Constitution. If this FBI warrant actually complied with the Fourth Amendment requirement of probable cause, that would have been a complete anomaly over the last 20 years because the Patriot Act changed the standard established by our Fourth Amendment, by our Constitution of the United States of probable cause to the no standard of what they call mere relevance so basically, right now, any federal agency can go to a federal judge and say, we suspect that there's a crime happening and the documents that we want might be relevant to this investigation. No probable cause, no constitutional standard whatsoever, and federal judges are issuing these warrants contrary to our constitutions. And the sheriff can stop the judge. The sheriff is the chief law enforcement authority in the county. That is not my opinion. That is actually the opinion of the Supreme Court of the United States in a case called Mac Prins v. U.S. And the sheriff being an, a constitutional representative of the people. Now, there are a couple of jurisdictions in the United States where the people have allowed their sheriffs to be robbed from them. But the majority of the sheriffs in the United States... On that point, I want to ask you, though, so the sheriff could go and arrest the judge also? Well, I wouldn't say that that would be something I would advise them to do. The best thing that the sheriff would do is simply secure the rights of the people in the county by refusing to allow the warrant. But if the judge served. refuses and takes actions anything, what do you do? Well, the judge doesn't actually do anything except issue the warrant. So it would be the FBI agent that would 
push back. And in that case, they would need to do what Brad Rogers said they were going to do. And I'm fully convinced Brad Rogers would have done and the sheriff would arrest those FBI agents for trespass. But going back to the Amish with the raw milk. Mm -hmm. So the sheriff stopped that. Yes. So were they able to still sell the milk? Sheriff. The raw milk. Yeah. The sheriff stopped the FBI from raiding the Amish farmers. Uh, They were coming in in the middle of the night and taking all their equipment and locking down their farms. In Brad Rogers County of uh, Elkhart, Indiana, from that day forward, Brad Rogers is not the sheriff anymore, but his undersheriff was then elected to office. They have not had another USDA FDA agent effectuate a warrant in his county since then. Before the broadcast, we were talking about your own personal church and what happened to your pastor. Tell that story to us. Well, when the order came down from our county government that our church, that all churches in the county had to close down because of the corona pandemic, our pastor said that... uh, the church is the place for the people to go when they are sick and when they are in fear we are not going to shut down our church and this is in tampa florida our pastor vowed that we would never shut down an entire day and the sheriff of hillsborough county named uh, chad chronister had our pastor arrested for not shutting down the church in violation of the health code, which turns out to be a second-degree misdemeanor, which is punishable by 60 days in the county jail and a $500 fine. It's like a reckless driving charge in Florida. And the sheriff sent out a warrant for our pastor's arrest to his home, sent helicopters and a SWAT team to arrest our pastor for a second-degree misdemeanor. Now, I was a prosecutor in the state of Florida for nearly a decade, so I know the magnitude, or at least the lack of magnitude of this particular crime. In the nearly decade I served as an assistant state attorney and the 20 years of my law practice, I have never seen, number one, a warrant issued for someone accused of violating a second-degree misdemeanor, much less helicopters and a SWAT team. And I was on the phone at the time with the sheriff's office trying to arrange, when we found out the warrant was issued on our pastor, trying to arrange for the pastor to be able to come to the church where the the county where the sheriff was in is, is our church, not the pastor's home so that the pastor could come to this county, turn himself in, then we could get the legal proceedings started because we knew that this arrest, these charges, were a violation of his right to religious liberties. And we knew that this arrest was going to be overturned. But while I'm on the phone with the sheriff's office trying to arrange this time for the pastor to come and turn himself in. What I didn't know is that the sheriff had already organized a press conference. So now we have a sheriff issuing a warrant for someone accused of violating, you know, a a serious traffic violation, pretty much. He sends a SWAT team and helicopters after him. And now he's holding a press conference to brag on the fact that he's arresting a pastor for having church and the sheriff chad chronister actually said at the press conference i hope this is a message to everyone else so this was all bully intimidation the state attorney was there to bully everybody into submission the former state attorney the former state attorney which ron DeSantis just removed from office for uh the irony is DeSantis removed the state attorney for office for refusing to enforce the law. So he refused to enforce the law by arresting violent uh, rioters, the BLM rioters, 
he wasn't going to prosecute them for their criminal mischief, but he's arresting a pastor for having church. And he made public statements. He would he was not going to be enforcing any laws relative to the Dobbs case, the abortion issue, yes. anything like that. So basically, he supports all the woke stuff. Any law that somehow you know squeezes the whole woke agenda, he made public statements. He's not going to be enforcing any of those laws, but he would prosecute a pastor uh, for having church. The sad thing was is that at that press conference, there were other pastors from our community at the press conference there to condemn our pastor for refusing to shut down the church for these unconstitutional, unlawful orders. So after the situation with your pastor, what was the result? Well, he was actually arrested and booked into jail. And then the governor issued the executive order that churches were essential and we were able to get the charges dropped against him and uh, also get his record expunged and he was refunded the money that he posted for bail so his record is now completely clean because the county knew that we would prevail we would win if we brought a civil rights lawsuit against them and they would end up paying a whole lot more. So the charges were immediately dropped, and I went through the process to get his record expunged. Well, and, and on the church's side, you know, after telling the pastor, you can't have church, uh, then he started what, what we call the stand. Yes. And we've had over 700 consecutive services ever since that day. So they they said, you can't have church. And so he said, well, we're going to have church every day. We've had church every single day for over two years now. You Catholic bishops, your silence, you didn't stand up for our churches neither. Shame, shame, shame. I quoted over and over, revelations, either be hot or cold. Don't be in the middle or I'll spew you out of my mouth. The people are sick of this. This silence. What we're seeing in society now, if you stand up, you have the people that are so against you on the left that they hate you. You were talking earlier mm-hmm. about how many threats you had yeah. and what were they doing when they go on the highway. Yeah. So we, what was the number? It was thousands, thousands of death threats on the social media and YouTube. Tens of thousands of death threats. Because you wasn't shutting down. Because we weren't shutting down. And I think some of that tied back to the sheriff in that press conference. He, Mm -hmm. he, the way he talked. Villainized. Villainized the church. And the pastor. When you listen to him, it's like he's weaving this sort of branch davidian narrative making mm. it sound like that you know this church is dangerous and all we were afraid so really to crazy. go to the church and arrest the pastor because they're all armed and the, the media descended crazy. on the boundaries of the property all this stuff because the pastor went online for several weeks of the services so that we could actually set up security and stuff so we spent time that we weren't physically having church you know for the few weeks just so we would be able to physically protect the church and the property. Our church is located right next to a major interstate in Florida, I-75. And we actually had shots fired, gunshots fired from the interstate at our church sign during all of these death threats. We spent over $100,000 just establishing a security systems and security personnel at the church so that we could have church without these crazy lunatics coming on the property and hurting someone. Because they spin such an extreme narrative, you know what I mean? Literally accusing us of killing people, you're, you're murderers because you want social distance or all this crazy nonsense. Nobody died at our church. Nobody Not had, a nobody single person died church. in our church. This reminds me of a story of what you're talking about, your church, how people had judged you as of murderers. My daughter-in-law went to get a haircut, and the woman that was asking her, where do you live? She says, down Highway 43. Oh, you live down there by that cult? So my daughter-in-law, she's played along, let them keep talking. She says, yeah, that guy down there, he built a lake to bury the people where he murdered. My daughter-in-law said something to the effect, really? So she kept talking. Then she told the girl, 
yeah, that's my father-in-law. Then the girl starts trying to backtrack, and yeah, and she starts apologizing. The devil can make people think stupid things, just like Joe's church is a bunch of murderers. But we got <laughs> these people are crazy. But you know, it's so it's so reckless. I mean, it's outlandish, but then it's reckless. I mean, you're talking, and especially for the sheriff in our case, this public official, so-called, it's supposed to be our representative, supposed to protect our liberty. Uh, you know, and, and you hear how the, the, the deputies and officers talk about, you know, keeping people safe. Oh, you're supposed to keep people safe. Here you are talking so recklessly that I think that sheriff directly contributed yes. to people firing shots to the church and people issuing they death threats. They give a green light. Yeah. Yeah. Our lady gave a message on January 24th, 1985. She said, by prayer, you can completely disarm him. Speaking about Satan. Not maybe. Completely. Prayer is everything. And that's what we've lost. On May 2nd, and they said 2009, do not permit darkness to envelop you. From the death of your heart, cry out for my son. His name disperses even the greatest darkness. The world is not going to bring more light. It depends on you. We see the road that we're walking right now is perdition for many people. And the more we get stronger and more light, the more we be hated. Chris Ann and JC, they're witnesses and give testimony of the darkness that's enveloped us. You have to stand up. You can't sit back and let everybody do the work. You go find your sheriffs. You gather your prayer groups. Change them out. You have the power to do this. And you have to do it. Now we got right now, how many IRS agents now? They just posted. They just took it down. Mm -hmm. What is it, 180,000? Well, the original quote was 87,000. But now it's coming out that they the new spending bill was going to actually hire uh, more than 100,000 new IRS agents. And the job description that was posted, I actually have the screenshot on my social media, the original job description that was posted on jobs.irs.gov was that these new IRS agents had to be willing to carry a firearm and willing to use deadly force if necessary. Now, as a constitutional attorney and as a strict constitutionalist, I will tell you, there is absolutely zero, no authority and no reason why someone in the IRS should ever be authorized to use deadly force. Tax collection should be a civil thing, not a criminal thing. And we should not be having armed SWAT agents in the IRS. I've had people say, well, they're already there. That doesn't mean that's the right thing to do. And we certainly don't need over 100,000 more. And think about this. When you put that in a job description, what you're telling people is we're going to hire you to steal from people and kill them. That's your job description. You're going to steal money, you're going to steal property, and you're going to kill them. And there's a saying that if you give a man a hammer, everything becomes a nail. When you hire people under the direction that you have to be willing to use deadly force... You have to know these people want to use deadly force. That's not who we want in government. You might say, I think the IRS is not going to come after me. The people they're going after is those people who are making 400000 and under. Mm -hmm. Okay, middle class. This is you. Right. It's the s small business owners. And this has been going on for a very long time. I covered a story on my podcast in 2015 of a, a man and a woman from Thailand, actually, an elderly couple who own a wedding dress shop. And the IRS accused them of structuring, which is making deposits less than $10,000 to avoid the bank from telling the IRS that these cash deposits were made. They weren't being charged with not paying their taxes. They were not being charged with any real fraudulent crime. Yeah, we don't like the way you're depositing your money. 
That's what the IRS said. And they charged them $30,000 because the IRS didn't like how they were depositing in the bank. Well, they came, the IRS showed up at this dress shop and seized the entire business over $30,000. Now, the interesting thing is when the IRS showed up, this couple had the check to pay the IRS. The IRS would not accept the money from them, seized their entire business, everything in it, and auctioned off their entire business right there in the parking lot for $4 a dress. We're talking handmade designer dresses that were going for a minimum of $600 a piece. And the IRS stole this from these people. We're not talking about billionaires. We're talking about people who are trying to make an honest living. What do you suggest as far as the people motivate their sheriff to be constitutional? Have you had success with that? Well, absolutely. You'll see in the documentary, especially with the clip, the first clip that we played, the sheriff in that county said, I attended a Christian Hall training on the Constitution. And because of this training, I knew my job was not to blindly enforce these laws, but to stand right to blindly enforce these unconstitutional orders, but to actually protect the church. So. We've had a great deal of success with sheriffs that we've been teaching. I actually taught, it was before all the lockdowns came, I taught at the Western Sheriffs Association Conference in Reno, Nevada. And at that conference were sheriffs from 17 states. And I teach a three-hour workshop for these sheriffs where I, I show them the history of the sheriff, how the American sheriff came to be, What are the duties of the sheriff? We go through the first, second, and fourth amendment from constitutional perspective. And then I teach the sheriff's duty to be a check and balance on unconstitutional laws and unconstitutional orders, whether they be state or federal. And I was teaching that at the Western Sheriff's Association. And we had probably, oh my gosh, I don't even know, hundreds of deputies and sheriffs there i had people coming up to me before i could even walk down the stage i had sheriffs coming up to me and telling me because of what you taught today i'm already on the phone changing policies in my office and that happened continually over the next day and a half while i was there sheriffs coming up to me and saying i'm changing policies because of what i learned from you and so my encouragement to the people is, number one, learn your, for yourself what is the role and the duty of the sheriff so that you can encourage with knowledge and courage your sheriff to do the right thing. I actually, I mean, you have the book, The David Answer. I have a book called Sovereign Duty where I have a whole chapter on the sheriff. If you want to watch the three-hour workshop that I have, I have it available online at libertyfirstsociety.com. And so there are so many ways you can learn what your sheriff's actual responsibility is so that you can, with knowledge, encourage your sheriff to be that person. One of the ways I've seen it spread, I think most effectively for individuals in their counties, are when people have basically have another sheriff somewhere in the region or their state or uh, nearby that is a constitutional sheriff and they will have that sheriff talk to their sheriff. So, so if you can get them communicating with one another, cause a lot of these sheriffs, they don't, you know, that aren't really standing maybe in their gut, they want to, but they don't have the courage or the boldness. So, so a lot of times knowing that other sheriffs, seeing these examples like a Brad Roger, like a Mike Harrington, uh, like these sheriffs out of Washington State, sometimes seeing those sheriffs take a stand and connecting them has been a motivating factor for us to see then those sheriffs show up at Chris Ann's training. Do y'all have a, like a, a map of constitutional sheriffs that somebody in another county that they're, they could get their sheriff to go get with him or meet with him? We actually don't have a map, and it's not something that I'd really want to publish because I don't. But yeah, but I don't, because I don't want 
these sheriffs to go under attack by the people who don't want constitutional obedience. But they can contact us at chrisannhall.com and we'd be happy to put everybody together. We have to support these sheriffs. We also have to be willing to stand with them and behind them because if the sheriff is left to stand alone, then that's when things don't work out very well. Say your sheriff's not constitutional. What do you suggest as far as getting other deputies and maybe have a meeting for your three-hour thing? We don't usually have a great deal of success organizing these trainings if the sheriff is not on board. What we try to do is explain that, yes, I taught in these academies. I've taught in the academies that they come out of their training, and I know what the academies are not teaching. And so my three-hour course is designed to fill in the gaps. But to encourage people, first, I would say you need to find out where your sheriff is. And that's simple. The sheriff is an elected representative of the people. You should be able to go and talk to your sheriff. I will tell you that, and as JC said earlier, there's a large number of sheriffs who simply don't know because we're not teaching this. Yeah, that's been our experience. I think more than anything, that has been our experience. So as Chrisanne teaches these deputies, we just meet a lot of the, the sheriffs and deputies that almost to the man or lady when you ask them, you know, so what brought you into this field? Why are you here? invariably they say, I love my community. I want to serve my community. So we find a whole lot of the deputies and, and, and officers that want to do the right thing. And then after she presents the information, they're like, oh, I didn't know this. They and feel now, empowered. Now I, they feel empowered. Now I know, you know, I want to do the right thing. Now I know how to do that. Now I know what that means. Like I said, you get one of them and the community is growing. So one of those who who have had this revelation and, and have the training uh, to then reach others. That's the way we've seen it spreading. But as, as Chris Ann was saying, you first off, the people have to understand this information. So you can go, uh, the, the movie should be out in October right. about the sheriff. You know, it's a good place to start. Go watch that movie. Get an understanding of what you should expect from your sheriff. Once you're informed and you know, then that's going to help you formulate questions for your sheriff or a candidate for sheriff. Hey, sheriff, if this is the scenario, you know, like, what would you do? Where do you, where do you stand? You know, what? And you get a sense of, uh, do I have a constitutional sheriff or not? Is he educated or not? And, and that will kind of start you down the road of, okay, how do we get this ball rolling? It's really important to have a relationship with your sheriff to begin with. I think historically people have thought, if I don't know my sheriff, that's a good thing because that means I'm on the right side of the law. But in reality, the sheriff is, like I said, is not just a blind enforcer. The sheriff is a defender of the rights of the people. And if the people will understand that is the proper role and duty of the sheriff, then you want to know who your defender is and you want your defender to know who you are. And when you're trying to determine where your sheriff is, we have to understand that the majority of them simply don't know. They don't have this information. It's not taught in the academies. But we also need to understand that they are being taught the opposite. So the modern educational system and philosophy is that the sheriff is this agent of government, when in reality he's not an agent of government. He's a representative of the people. And so you have to determine what your sheriff knows, what he doesn't know. And then is your sheriff willing to learn? If your sheriff is one that knows the wrong things or doesn't know the right things and is unwilling to learn, then you must come to the conclusion that it's time to find a new candidate. Yeah, and I think it's important consideration too, especially in the environment where we are now. Many of the officers, the deputies and sheriffs feel under siege. So it's not very productive to come at them in a hostile manner. Right. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And here's some information. We're going to educate you and straighten you out, that kind of thing. I think it's really important to build a relationship. They serve an important function. And so you approach them like, look, we appreciate the job you do, you know, and build that relationship 
you know, show that willingness to support them. You know, we got your back. Do you have our back? I mean, that's what we're asking. If, if we're going to support you, Sheriff, then are you going to support us in, in protecting our rights? You know, it's what we've seen. If you come at it in more of a relational approach, we've seen it be a lot more productive in that manner. So to specifically ask, we've heard from one sheriff, for example, who said a question was asked to him, what about if there was unjust laws or something was going to be Mm-hmm. against you. And he, his words were, I would take an active passive role. In other words, I would pretend for them that I was enforcing the law, mm-hmm. but in reality, I wouldn't actually mm-hmm. really be doing anything. Yeah, that's that's not uncommon uh, as we travel and talk to these sheriffs. So you ha- you have some that are more vocal, you know, and, and, and just really sort of trumpet, I'm a constitutional sheriff and make that declaration. But there are others who will perform that function, but they choose to not be, you know, very overt about it. I don't have a problem with that. As long as the sheriff is is standing up, you know, in, in whatever manner that effectuates the protection of your liberty, then, then he's doing his job. He's keeping his oath. And so you have some sheriffs that realize, you know, they're very crafty in that sense of they, they want to keep the feds and and the opposition sort of down not necessarily put a target on their own yeah, back yeah but still achieve the same results so, of, so i'm do, not going to enforce this yep, so so we do meet a lot of sheriffs like that and i i think that's good and those are the ones you're probably not going to hear about right? right and that's why we're telling you that uh, jc had mentioned earlier this is not only happening more often where sheriffs are refusing to enforce these laws or these orders or these regulations uh but it's also growing the number of sheriffs that are doing this that are refusing to enforce these these laws and protecting the people's properties and the people's rights is also increasing uh, especially as it becomes more and more obvious the depravity of of these political actions and the corrupt nature of these political actions the more obvious that becomes the more the sheriffs the average sheriff is inclined to protect the property right over enforcement yeah so it's, some of these sheriffs know you know for example you you have CSPOA constitutional sheriff and peace officers association and groups like that the feds put labels on those they're domestic terrorists and this sort of thing so we run into these sheriffs that, yeah, they know that's nonsense. They don't believe it. Mm-hmm. But they think, well, if I start taking that label and trumpeting these organizations, then that's going to put me on a list or whatever. So, you know, they try to be more behind the scenes and not really draw attention to themselves. But if, like we said, if you get in there, build that relationship, talk to them, find out where they stand. You get in these conversations. You're going to be able to quickly discover, do you have a sheriff that's going to stand up for your rights in the face of overreach from these executives and and, and federal agencies? You're going to know if, if you have a good sheriff or not. And uh, so as long as you can be assured when you need him, he's going to be doing the right thing. That, that's what we're after. And I just, not to sound doomsday, right? But the reality is you're going to need to know soon. And the increasing corruption in government from the highest level to the lowest level requires us to know. You don't want to wait until it's too late. You don't want to wait until someone's trying to enforce this on you. You want to be able to be sure that if that time were to come to you, and I think you and I would agree when that time is going to come to you, that you already know where your sheriff is going to stand. Well, we see the road wheel, as I said earlier, it's not a good path. It's a dead end. We have to start doing things. We have to stand up. I recommend the book that I pulled out of the Fight the First Sheriff, just about the sheriffs, the David answer. And Chris's book, Sovereign, Sovereign Duty. And you can get both of those books online. The David Answer is available through Caritas by going to medj.com. You could click on shop or you can call Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Chris Ann Hall's book titled Sovereign Duty can be found on chrisannhall.com.
Just a reminder that the last scheduled pilgrimage to Caritas of Birmingham is this September the 12th through the 16th. That is for the Feast of the Triumph of the Cross. This is the cross that a friend of Medjugorje built for the soul of America. As we hear everything that has been spoken about in the course of this broadcast, everything that a friend of Medjugorje, Chris Ann, and JC have mentioned so far about this Antichrist system in which we are currently in the midst of, we cannot negate that the greatest part of the solution of breaking that is prayer and sacrifice. And so we invite you here September 12th through the 16th for the scheduled pilgrimage. You can contact BVM Pilgrimages in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205 205- 672-2000, extension 218 or 219, and asked about the scheduled pilgrimage for September the 12th through the 16th. Our Lady said on June 2nd, 2012, every day I pray for your shepherds. Is that what a sheriff is? David was a shepherd. The part that I pulled out of, they fired the first shot, is about the sheriffs. Sheriffs. David was a shepherd, so I titled the book The David Answer, because that's what it is. So let me begin again. Every day I pray for the shepherds, and I expect the same from you, because, my children, without the guidance and the strengthening through their blessings, you cannot do it. Ali's messages apply to everything. You might say, well, She's saying about the bishops or the priest. But this also applies to God's authority. And your county sheriff has the authority of God. And the authority of the sheriffs goes back over a thousand years. Order the book from Caritas to David Answer and meet with your sheriff. If they won't do it or they won't be a constitutional sheriff, find somebody and elect them. They do not have to be in law enforcement. They only have to have common sense and protect the people who elect them. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.